I would say the really the only time that I really encourage people to really pay things off in a in a fast manner would really be some high interest rate debt like credit cards mm-hmm. and things like that. It's time for financial advisor Ben Schrock to give you the keys to retiring with confidence. This is Unlocking Your Financial Future. Hello, I'm Ben Schrock, and joined with me today is Colleen LeMasters. Colleen, welcome back to the uh, podcast. I know you've been on many times before, but welcome back. Thanks for having me. Well, and today we got um, a, a great series. We're just going to do two-part episodes uh, with Colleen doing one and Dan doing the other. And we're going to start talking about uh, 2022 planning. So with the year wrapping up as we record this, we're in the uh, second to last week of December and, and 2022 right around the corner. We want to try to talk a little bit about um, planning for the new year and, and why is it important to plan for your finances. So um, like I said, Colleen's going to be the one answering some questions and talking about three different items that, that she sees questions about or clients bring to her attention that uh, may help you all out there. So Colleen, before we get started, I got a uh, just a question for you regarding planning. So why is it important or why is it top of mind for clients or even prospective clients to plan for their finances in the beginning of the year? Why not like in the summer or in the, in the, in the winter? Like why is it the beginning of the year that, that drives people to think about their finances? I mean, I guess if you just think about it in general, uh, a lot of people like to make New Year's resolutions and say like, I'm going to do this for the whole year. I'm going to change this about my lifestyle. And obviously, if, you know, I would say personal finance is also something that you learn and adapt as you go along and can also, you know, definitely become part of your lifestyle as well. Yeah, I'd say if, if you look at all the New Year's resolutions out there, I know I'm, I'm guilty of the, the dieting or the, the health same, side of same, things, same. but uh, <laughs> um, I think health and wealth kind of go hand in hand. Yep. Those are probably two of the most common things people want to get a grasp on. And um, in, in our line of work, you know, helping people with their finances, it's always a busy time of the year for us. So as we dive into some of the specifics, Colleen, and I, I know you're going to take it one direction and, and Dan's going to pop on and take it a different direction. So what's kind of the, the one of the main factors or one of the main questions you get or concerns that you get regarding planning for the, the new year or planning for your finances? Yeah, I would say like the number one um, question that I typically see is, should I increase my retirement account contribution? Mm-hmm. And that's basically because this, you know, every year they kind of allow you to increase that amount, you know, this next year for um, tw- or coming up for 2022. If you're under 50, you can contribute up to 20,500 into, a, you know, a 401k or 403b for that matter. So, I mean, it did increase, you know, so do we need to increase your percentage that you're withholding from your paycheck and all those things are things that people like to look at. And what is that? You said under fifty. So what? What else is out there for someone that's over fifty, or, or especially when they're you know when they're over fifty or they're down that home stretch getting ready for retirement? What's the clause there that allows them yeah. to put in more? Yeah. So they have that special um, like catch up provision that they can do an extra sixty five hundred a year into that. So that allows them to actually or those individuals fifty and older to actually put away twenty seven thousand dollars a year. Wow. This com- coming up here. So if you think about it, if if you do that for say fifteen years, right? So a lot of times people think that that they're lost or they're they're mm-hmm. behind if you you're able to contribute almost 27,000 from 60 or from 50 to 65 that's 15 years man that's a lot of money i can't do that math in my head i know it's <laughs> probably what uh, close to four hundred thousand yep. dollars yeah i mean and that's a great way to you know kind of boost your savings as well so definitely something we always encourage and encourage people to look at and and um take advantage of so if someone's doing that then obviously 
you know, that, that's, that's, that's a hard to contribute that much. I mean, $20,000 is, is a big chunk. If you're making, say, you know, 60 grand a year, mm-hmm. it's about a third of your income. So, you know, that oftentimes goes hand in hand with the question of, um, I want to be debt free in retirement mm-hmm. or I want to be debt free, period. So w- where's the balance there? Should, um, you know, people pay off debt sooner or, or increase savings or, or, you know, what's kind of that, that magic fit for someone? Yeah, I would say that has to be based on, uh, you know, their, their written financial plan to see kind of like, are we on track or, or are we, you know, completely out of alignment? If they're on track, you know, to be paying down debt before they retire and, you know, then we'll probably just look at increasing their savings and try to leverage their dollar better that way. Just because, especially with where their interest rates are at right now too. Right. And, and I think, uh, you know, the Dave Ramsey's of the world would probably disagree with this, but um, it, it's something where I don't think that's bad in, in today's day and age, right? In, in terms of, you know, what you're doing with the money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So again, like you said, having a written plan, being disciplined has to go into effect for this to work if someone's mm-hmm. going to save as opposed to um, paying down debt, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I mean, if your your typical mortgage is floating around, what, three to 4%, let's say, um, and the market this year is up what close to 20%. So, you know, just looking at the, the numbers and, and, you know, leverage uh, according to, to what's best to do, what's my biggest bang for my buck, obviously the investment world. Yeah. Um, and hindsight's always 2020, right? Yeah. You know, if we knew the market's going to do 20% every year, <laughs> yeah. that's a no brainer. So, I mean, wh- where do you let the client kind of navigate that for you? Or do you kind of step in and, and give them that direction? Where do you step in, in in that type of situation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we def I, I would definitely step in and say, whoa, 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 let's take a step back and see kind of like what our interest rates are on our debt. What's our current payment? Is it really hurting us, you know, on a monthly cash flow? Um, I would say the really the only time that I really encourage people to really pay things off in a in a fast manner would really be some high interest rate debt like credit cards mm-hmm. and things like that. I would really kind of you know we kind of change the plan um, maybe to not save as much but to you know gear it more towards that debt. Sure, and like I said, it, it's um, in retirement though you know so again we have clients that that retire with debt, which again. Uh, that's a big no-no, right? Mm-hmm. Or that's what people think. And, mm-hmm. and again, today's day and age, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But if you retire in debt or in retirement and you have debt, like a mortgage or something like that, should they pull the money out of their investments to pay off the, the their note? Or what do they do in that situation? Yeah, I mean, that's always a tough one because... I mean, I guess it depends on like their need for cash flow as well um, in retirement. Like, how much do they need to be pulling off of their investments? You know, does that really decrease it? Because the only way to get the money out of your like, let's say you you take a chunk out and pay off your house, is to take a home equity line mm-hmm. out then against it. So then you have another loan essentially. So right. that's the only way to get it out, or you sell it, you go live somewhere else. And in today's marketplace, it's really hard to sell and find something similar for your price range. Or if you're trying to downsize, you know, the prices on those homes have even gone up. So you're, um, it's definitely something that needs to be analyzed. And, you know, I would say we, you know, we as a firm definitely overanalyze some of those things mm-hmm. to, to make sure that it's the best decision for that client. Or if you look at it just in pure, again, numbers and, and looking at the cost, right? If someone, mm-hmm. most of the, our, our retirees and clients and most people out there have a 401k or an IRA mm-hmm. or something along those lines. So, you know, if you look at your taxes as if it were essentially a penalty or interest, interest rate, rates, yeah. right? And say, okay, if I'm, if I'm borrowing to pay 3% on this house or three and a half percent versus a, maybe a 12%, 22%, heck, it could 
could take up 24, 32% federal tax bracket, um, what makes the most sense? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we definitely have the tools in place to kind of pit side by side to see what makes the most sense. But in any case, I guess the answer to that, this magic question is, you know, like you said, have a written plan. Cause mm -hmm. I think if you have that um, in, in place, it, it helps you as a guide for the year. Correct. So now you know, as we kind of switch gears, kind of into that same debt uh, conversation, probably your favorite topic, um, you know, with student loans, where do you see 2022 shaking out in the student loan world? Um, is it is it a hot button still? Is it a hot topic for those out there? I mean, everyone's graduating with student loan debt for the most part. So yeah. what what's 2022 bringing for student loan debt? Yeah, so right now, 2022, you're, um, it's really going to bring on, there's a few kind of, I would say, extended strategies that were recently passed. Um, but I always encourage every one of my clients, if they're repaying current student loans, to just review their, their debt repayment plan on those. You know, right now, interest rates are at historical lows. So if you're if you're on pace to just kind of pay it off, you know, we might recommend a private, a private refinance and get like two and a half percent interest rate on that student loan uh, currently. Um, are you, is that where we're seeing them right now? Yeah. Roughly? And, and what about the, the, the individual out there that, again, we've, we've, I've heard it, uh, I've seen it, um, that, that may not have credit built, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if they don't have, didn't have a credit card in their name, didn't have a car in yeah. their name, really kind of starting from scratch and they graduate and here's, you know, a $100,000 yeah. bill. Um, do you have to have the best credit to get that or is it kind of, does that depend? Yeah, unfortunately you need to have a little bit of a credit history to do that one, unless like your parents are willing to, you know, unless you're willing to go out and get a co-signer on the private student loan refinance. But for anyone that has established credit, I highly recommend taking a look at that. Um, especially if you've had an increase in income too. So your debt to income ratio should look a little bit, a little bit better. Is that something you encourage then before someone who graduate to go get some credit? You know, I, oh. I know it's a dangerous game, right? Go out and get a credit card as a college student, but is that something that you would encourage? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I remember when I was in college, I had like a little, I think it was like $500 credit card that max and I would buy my books on it and then pay it off. And that was like just a great way for me to establish some credit before I graduated. And I think that's key where it paid off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Just got to know that you need to pay it off every month. So like I already knew that, you know, I had the money in the bank, but I wanted to establish my credit. Sure. Sure. So anything else into 2022 that you're looking at? I mean, aside yeah. from our day-to-day -day stuff in the market and things of that nature, just from a financial planning standpoint, anything else out there that, um, that anyone needs to pay attention to or anything else in, in conjunction with what we covered today? Yeah, I mean, on the, more on the student loan front right now, um, if you were going for public student loan forgiveness and let's say like you made a payment on a plan that really didn't qualify, which would have been on like any of the income-based repayments, mm -hmm. let's say you started out on like the graduated or even changed it to like an extended repayment plan, uh, if you fill out a form from like some of those employers that you would have worked for um, at that time, it's actually, they're actually counting those payments towards public student loan forgiveness right now. But the key is you have to get that form form in before the end of the year and they're taking quite a few months to process it. So you want to make sure, you know, that we're filling that out here at the beginning. Gotcha. Now, now that's, it seems, just seems overwhelming to me. <laughs> um, where, where does someone, where's a resource that someone can get these forms or, you know, is, is it, I know that's your biggest issue is, is uh, yeah. wish you had a platform or a medium outside our podcast yeah. here that you could just announce this and shout out to the world of, of, that there is help out there. There is knowledge out there, but do you have like a database or something that that can help users or, or listeners uh, guide them along that way? Yeah. Um, if they go to studentaid.gov, that's okay. going to actually provide you with some more information on like that extended, they're, they're calling it extended public student loan forgiveness. 
you know, and right now the best thing I I can say to people is kind of, you know, make a plan. I've also had people that I've told, like, you know, again, we can't be waiting around for Biden to forgive $10,000 of student loans, like, which is what they promised, you know, Mm -hmm. or what they ran on. And they haven't done anything around that. So don't wait, you know, control what you can control. You know, if we're on, on the path to pay down your debt sooner rather than later, then maybe looking at a refinance and just getting that interest rate lower might make sense. Yeah, I think that's good advice. You know, it, it's something that, that you can't control if or when, you know, they'll ever forgive that. Yeah. Um, so is it safe to just plan as if they, they're, they're not going to? I mean, like we, we plan conservatively on our retirement mm. plans and things of that nature but is that kind of a conservative approach to it absolutely i mean there's some i would say um proposals out there but they're up for a lot of low lower income and you know for a lot of our clients you know if you're out there in a professional setting you're going to be above that income threshold so you know plan as if you know you're going to have to repay it Perfect. if you're not in that if you're not in that realm. Awesome. Well, Colleen, thanks for the, the insight. And uh, hopefully uh, everyone can benefit from those three things that, that help planning in, in 2022. So um, as we always tie this back into our unlock, unlock process, uh, this kind of really kind of ties into our, you know, learning about your options. There's so much things you can, you can do out there in the financial world. But I think Colleen summed it up really nicely by, by having a written plan and having something down that you can follow and use as a guide throughout the year. Of course, it's going to change. You know, we all know that nothing's going to remain as is. Life happens and things change along the time. That's why it's important to write it down to make those adjustments uh, when you see fit. So again, if you have questions regarding, you know, 2022 planning or financial planning in general, feel free to reach out to our office and connect with myself or one of our advisors here on, on staff. Our office number is 330-473-1060, or you can go to our website at www.bashrock-fg.com, and you can schedule a 30-minute phone call or virtual appointment or even an office appointment right through our website. Um, Again, Colleen, thanks, and and we'll uh, be back with Dan for part two of 2022 planning. Thank you. Thanks. Investment advisory services offered through B.A. Schrock Wealth Management, Inc., a registered investment advisor. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or a guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.